Welcome to the She's the Owner podcast, a podcast where we talk about business, relationships, mindset, and even sex. We go deep on how the masculine and feminine can show up in all areas in life and how to make those energies work for you rather than against you. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey guys, as always, we appreciate a five-star review if this podcast has brought you some insight or giggles or whatever in between. Either way, we love to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Hitting. Hey everybody, it's the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran, and welcome to the show. If you're watching this, it's not my usual uh, studio setup. There's a beautiful blank wall behind us and this beautiful lady right here. Deborah Lynn Houghton of Picture Perfect Cleaning. So what are we talking about today? I haven't had anybody on the show in a little bit. And usually when, when I have somebody on the show, we talk about their business. We talk about um, masculine, feminine energy. We'll talk about mindset. Yeah. And also there's some children nearby. So if you hear them, that's just how it's going to be. And three dogs, three kids and three dogs. So we're going to talk about Debbie's business. We're going to talk a bit about our friendship. We're going to talk about whatever else comes up. So hi, Debbie. Come over to the microphone. Okay, we have to share a microphone on this one. Let's see. Okay. Um, so welcome to the show. Thank you for Thanks having for coming me. On. I'm so excited. Um, have you ever done a podcast before? Never. No, you should probably get addicted to it because it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's super casual. So don't get too work- worked up about doesn't have to sound perfect. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, they sound like a fucking gong show most of the time. So tell us a bit about your business. Start there. Why you started it, what you love about it, what you hate about it, what you do. And just go from there. Okay. Um, I started a cleaning business, Picture Perfect Cleaning Services, five years ago. And the reason why I started it was because I was tired of working for somebody and I wanted to work for myself. Um, and I thought about um, the overhead costs and stuff like that. And I and what would kind of be therapeutic to me. And I thought of cleaning because when I'm angry or upset, I like to clean. And it is, again, therapeutic. So I went with trying to start a little cleaning business, which took off right away, surprisingly. And I felt that I bit off a little bit more than I could chew just by knowing a few people and them knowing a few people and yeah, that's how it started. And that's how I'm here. So so we're going to have to kind of move the mic back and forth so you get a good sound, but so, and I think that's like one of the things that I think is really interesting about women in business in general is that we tend to gravitate toward doing the thing that we're good at. And sometimes we omit the things that we really love in favor of doing the thing that we're really good at. And that's not to say that what, you know, like if you like cleaning, you like cleaning, but on the same token, getting into that place where we feel fulfilled and we feel joy and we feel like a lot of excitement around the thing can be a bit tricky. Um, talk a bit about, maybe talk a bit about your, like sort of how you got, cause when you said at the, at the top, um, you didn't want to work for somebody else. I think anybody who listens to, to this podcast can 1000% relate. Like I make jokes all the time. Like I would get fired in a hot minute now, especially now, like after owning the content company for eight years and then love soldiers brand and then going into real estate, 
there's no fucking way I would, I like a day. I mean, and I think I'm being generous by mm-hmm. saying one day and I'd be like asked to leave and not return the or following quit. day. Or yeah. Quit. Or um, I'd probably just walk out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things too, about that is not feeling, cause I think early on when I started realizing I was an entrepreneur and I couldn't work for anybody else, I felt a way about it. Like I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought, Holy mm-hmm. fuck, like, why can't, like, I'd see all my friends go to university and they're getting all these like accounting jobs and even in like more proper marketing jobs. And I've always been in sales and marketing, but not like a official marketing role. It's always been some type of sale sales job. And so I always thought fundamentally, there's something wrong with me. Like, why don't I want to do that, that mm-hmm. everybody else is doing. And so talk a bit about, cause you made the statement, you would, you couldn't work for somebody else. Talk a bit about like the journey up to the point where you were like, Hey, I need to really do this myself now and not just um, work for other people. Cause that's, that's a hard leap for most, especially mm-hmm. for most women. Cause so many women now are in positions in their household where they're earning the money and, yeah. and it's not super easy, easy to just peace out and go, I'm going to go do my own thing. Now. Right. So talk a bit about that journey, like how you ended up being like, okay, actually, no, I can't work for other people now. Well, I mean, it starts from when I was 14 and I got my first job, but I, so I just, as, as I got older, I started working for a Manulife Financial, an insurance company. And then after Manulife Financial, I started, I had little jobs throughout and, um, but that was like my big like job career. career. Yeah. Um, but then after that, I left and I went to um, Foresters, which is another insurance company. And just in between the two of them, I had many different um, jobs similar to them. Um, but my biggest thing was the travel and because I worked downtown Toronto and the, the travel every single day was like I felt robotic and I, it was like two hours there, two hours back working an eight hour shift. So basically you're doing a 12 hours out of the day. And I remember some mornings going into work, I'd cry my way into work and I'd probably cry my way home. And this is well before kids even came into play. So I was thinking like, something's got to give, like, I can't, I don't, I can't live like this. Like it was just so exhausting. And and then I didn't want to do the job. So it was just, I doing the job to get the money to get paid, but I just wasn't, and I know not everybody wakes up and loves what they do. No, half the world doesn't, they do it because they have to. So I get, because they think they have to, they, they, yes, exactly. Because they think they have to. So then after that, I was like, I'm done with the office. And I dabbled in a couple of things outside of that. And part of it, some of it, like bar, I went into bartending and I did like that, but the nightlife got exhausting. And then you have to wind down. You're not, you don't fall asleep until you're it's four o'clock in the morning. And then it just caught up with me too. It was really tiring too. I did like that, but I, I was like, yeah, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And then I had kids. So then at that point, I think that's when it was really triggering in my head, like, so am I going to go back to the office job and it, the redundancy and going in as a robot? That's how I felt. And I was just like, I, just thinking about it would give me anxiety. So I was like, in my head, I'm like, I need to come up with something, something that I will wake up every morning and just be like, it's not that I love to do it, but it's something that I can get through and be okay with doing. And that's where I came up with the cleaning business. My friend also, I have to give credit where credit is due. He kind of kicked me in my ass and gave me a little nudge. And 
sat on the phone with me in a parking lot for about, I don't know, an hour and a half. And we discussed like what I could do, what, where, where there wasn't more, like there wasn't too much overhead and what I could start out fast and, and quick and get it done. And he came up, he's, I did, he's like, what are you good at? And I'm like, I, I like to clean. And it came in like a little joke. He's like, I start a cleaning business. And I'm like, what? And then, yeah, it took off. <laughs> um, Sorry, we keep moving the mic back and forth. So yeah, see, she's got clients bugging her now. So she's going to, and I suck at editing, so I can't even edit that piece out. There we go. Um, so, so it's interesting because I think a lot of times, like women get in, get this idea that starting a business has to be this grandiose thing. And a lot of times it's not, you just fall into it. And, um, I don't know what the hell I was talking about. Um, but I think it was around the fact that my mother's got me. We just, okay. This is going to be a good one. We're going to get five stars on this one. Oh, sure. Um, that women think that starting a business has to be this big grandiose thing. And it doesn't always like, it kind of depends. Cause I've talked to like, even clients who are like, Oh, I can't do that. I can't start that. And I'm like, why? And they have this idea in their head about what starting a business means. And it's always way bigger than actually just putting one foot in front of the other. Like for you, I mean, you could have cock blocked yourself a million times into not starting it. Cause, Oh, I need this. I need a website or I need a, this, or I need cards or blah, 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 blah. When oftentimes it's just do the thing, like do one thing, get one client. And then that will start to bleed into it. So talk a little bit about when you started, what your mindset had to be to like actually do the first clean and then the second clean or were, were there parts where you're like, I can't do this. I mean, obviously knowing you the way I know you, I feel like you would just bulldoze your way through it um, and not get caught up too much in your head about it. But were there moments in the beginning where you were like, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. And then what pushed you through? I don't think I actually had the time to think about stuff mm. like that because it just, like I said, it took off. My first actual client was... <laughs> <laughs> the friend that gave me the kick in the ass. And um, so I just started cleaning his house on a biweekly. And then it just, it was like a rippled effect. Like it was like he, I, maybe he passed along a few to a few people. Um, the father of my children passed along to a few people. Um and I think, and then my friends started passing it along and, and just, it was word of mouth. And, and then I just started getting the business and it came too quickly for me to sit, to get into my head. Mm. And when I did start, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, it is like cleaning your own home, but you're in somebody else's home and you, you don't know how they clean and you don't know how they like it and whatever. So, I mean, as much as you could say, it's an easy thing to do. It is. However, people are very particular with their own home. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I could hire a cleaner because I'd probably go around following them being like, well, you didn't do it like that. Like, you didn't do it like me or like, you know, and I've had some clients like that. And I tell them, you need to clean on your own because I know exactly how you are because you're like me. And right. clearly we'll never satisfy your cleaning urge or your cleaning need, right. basically. Right. So I really don't think I, um, again, had the time to actually sit and think about if I'm going to make it, if I'm not, or what's the first step or whatever. And I actually just, um, blew through it. Like I, I sat down and, and I, and I 
I was very organized and what I needed and the, and I went out and got everything. And I even actually created my own brochure, like a twofold brochure. And I, I had someone to put it all together for me, but I, I made the, I did all the, all the, um, different types of cleans and the costs. And I did the pictures and I did, I put it all together and I was like, holy crap. I could, I've never thought that I was ever creative like that. But when you're in that moment, you're like, this is for my business and I got to do it. So I was very proud of that. I did that actually. Yeah. And it's weird because you don't, when you don't go back, um, like I, I find that women, we tend to and it's, it's part of its conditioning, but we tend to not celebrate the little things. And I'm always saying to you, let's, yeah. let's celebrate the tiniest little thing Yeah. because then it starts to prime your brain to find things to celebrate. And I think like just the fact that you said that a lot of times we don't consider like it's a brochure, but if you went and polled, you know, a hundred women in mm -hmm. an office, maybe three of them could pull it off. Mm -hmm. And you think it's no big deal because I did it. Talk a bit about like, I know that that's one of the, the biggest things for me in my entrepreneurial journey, especially in sales. Like I think everybody can sell. I mm -hmm. think everyone can build rapport as fast as me, but they can't. And I get reminded of that by people who it's not their, it's not in their nature to do that. So like when you think about something, maybe that you like a skill or a gift that you have, first of all, are you comfortable recognizing the gift? First, I want to know what you think your gift is. And then the second part to that is, are you comfortable owning that gift? Or mm -hmm. are you still shy away from it because you think, well, it's not hard. Everybody else can do it. Of course I can do it. I think my one of my gifts, I am not one of my gifts, you know, because I have so many. You do. I think one of my gifts is just um, believing in myself as much as sometimes I'm like, Kara, I know I can't do this or whatever. But I think one of my gifts is knowing I'm going to get it done. Mm. And that's like my ultimate gift, like feeling like whatever comes my way. I'm <laughs> tearing up, shocking. Such a sap. No, nope. whatever comes my way, I'll get it done. Yeah. So I think that alone is a huge thing. Adversity, like every there's roadblocks in every part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, sometimes I'll cry and it's probably hitting a nerve or a trigger, but, um, I think just hurdling them, um, getting over those hurdles. I think that's a huge gift of mine. I think I've had that from a very long, it was from when I was younger, but yeah. Um, and, and just like, because I don't think like, for instance, my cleaning business, I don't think I have like a gift to clean. I'm, I think I have OCD. I haven't diagnosed, I'm diagnosing myself, but like, I don't, really think that that's a gift that I like to clean or, but I do, I do believe in a way when you think about it, because some people just don't have that, that tenacity. Exactly. And then they, they they just leave it or whatever. But I, like, as one of my girlfriends says, she's like, I don't know how you do it. Like you just are go, 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 go. You get it done. And, and, and that's partly cleaning and organizing. And, and I think that just, it helps me, it helps clear my mind mm. really at the end of the day. So as for the gift thing, yeah, I just think it's just my perseverance, I think, mm -hmm. is, is definitely. And where do you think that comes from? Um, so just like as a sidebar, Debbie lost her mom when she was really young, like she was just barely a 17, teenager. Yeah. And um, 
and that and I and I talk about that a lot on this podcast because I really believe in my heart and based on all the women I've spoken to as clients or on the show who are entrepreneurs, we all, all of us come from trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think why that's important to bring up is because that trauma can make or break you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it breaks you. Mm -hmm. And I think your tenacity and your, it's like, she is one of the most, and like, I'm going to get emotional, but she is one of the most fiercely loyal, loving women I've ever met. Thank you. She holds it fucking straight, which I appreciate, obviously, because <laughs> I'm the same. But like the there's there's no fear. Like when you're friends with with Debbie, there's no fear of the things not going to get done. Like if there's a fire and that's interesting because that's usually my role yeah. in in a group. Yeah. Is don't worry. I've got it. And yeah. Her and I sometimes compete for the mother hen <laughs> role, or we, I think we also pass it back and forth to mm -hmm. each other, which I think is, is telling. And it says a lot about what sisterhood is nowadays versus five years ago when people said, oh yeah, we're totally sisters, but they talk shit about each yeah. other behind the back. And I think, so it's important, I think, just to mention the fact that like, and I've talked about this a lot on the show and in all the other content, but like there's true sisterhood that happens now where calling each other out isn't a bad thing. Loving on each other. Like we all, there's, a, there's about 10 of us, I think. Mm -hmm. And there's a smaller group. That's a bit more core, but like, you're not going to find anybody talking shit to no. about each other. I have the odd, Oh, she was irritating this night or what? Like normal shit, but, but nothing that you couldn't say to their face. Right. Exactly. And I think that's like, and the trauma piece to that is for me anyway, like I've always had this and I've talked openly about not feeling like I have a sense of belonging anywhere. And that comes from my trauma and my childhood, but your tenacity and your ability to, and the, yeah, like the perseverance, the ability to hold other people up mm -hmm. to your detriment sometimes, but hold people up comes from, I believe the shit that you went through as a young kid. Yeah. So talk, I mean, and this will bleed into what uh, my favorite topic of all time is masculine, feminine energy, but it, it's the masculine in you that's really created this incredible woman. But now it feels like you're starting to see, Ooh, I need to find balance. Mm -hmm. in that. So maybe talk a bit about if you're comfortable talking about when things clicked for you in, in 17, 18 year, when you felt like I really have to take the reins here. And now when you're realizing, yeah, Maybe I need to let the reins go a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. if you're well, when I felt that, <laughs> it's crazy because I was sitting in the hospital my mom, when my mom was in a coma. Um, <clears throat> and I sat in the hospital waiting room. <laughs> Again, I'm tearing up. Anyways, um, and I had just, I was thinking like, shit, like she's my life. Like if she goes, because she hadn't passed at this time. Um, she had had a heart attack, but was was sedated. Well, she was in a coma. Um, um, but I, I was sitting there thinking like, shit, like she's my lifeline. Like how am I going to do? And I cried it out and, and she did end up passing. And after that I was like, okay, okay. Like you, you could cry it out and, and, and you're sad, but life still is living. Like you have to still live like, so, and I was young and 
but still living my dad with my dad and brother. And, and, you know, my dad and I didn't see eye to eye on that, um, on a lot of things I should say. Um, but, um, with, with that, I, you know, I ended up being on my own at the age of 17. Um, and luckily I had, uh, a, like a friend, um, friend's family that was able to take me in at the time. And, and, and I'm just rambling on, but it is like part of how it made me stronger and feel like I had to take control and be in control of, of me now. And just feeling like, I basically felt like I lost both of my parents at the same time I lost my mom. So with that being said, I, I just feel like I had no, I know I had nothing else to lean on. I had to be me one and I had to figure shit out on my own. And that's what I basically did. Um, so, sorry, we're just trying to coordinate the kids and stuff. So if it's a bit choppy today, I apologize. Um, but so at 17, trying to wrap your head around you're basically fending for yourself. Do you feel like you ever got a chance to like be a dumb kid at that age? Or did you instantly go into adult mode? Oh, instantly adult mode. There was no more. Uh, we were in a moment and then uh, our dogs went ape shit. Well, my dog went ape shit and bit my child. And um, so, you know, we had a problem and now we have more people in the room and it's beautiful and it's all good. Okay. So what's funny is there's no segue back into what we were talking about because it's very emotional, but let's talk about masculine and feminine energy. So you had your situation, like as a young person, you know, fending for herself has to do everything on her own, all of those things. <clears throat> talk about like now that you know me really, and we've had all these conversations about masculine and feminine energy, what looking at your life and looking at the way that you're always, you know, really always in control and doing all the things that you need to get done. Do you see that how it's not sustainable? Like when we were, cause I was the same way when I was a kid, it was like, go, go, go. But as an adult, like a lot of, you know, that I think Amelia was about nine when I started to realize, like I was talking to her, like a drill sergeant, like she was in my company. It was very like, get this done, get shit done, da, 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 da. Um, and that's when I was like, yo, I'm not effective as a parent when I'm talking to her this way. And then I started to think about, I can't be the only businesswoman that thinks in this, in this way, but talk a bit about like, now that, you know, you're kind of surrounded around this topic, do you see how you ended up here where you're more tired than maybe you want to be your, you know, all the things about giving up control and there's the dog again but everybody knows my dog on this show he's on it all the time but anyway talk a bit about that can't get it back people he's out <laughs> talk about how you're really a man and you really just want to be a lady there in the most simplest term I think it's you that pulled it out of me <laughs> As everyone knows, Karen McGarren knows how to get those waterworks going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. 
hard though. I'm hard exhausted. Keep it, keep it together all the time. Can you say keep it together? To be honest, I think I think my past relationship failed just because I'm tired. Yeah. A lot of it was because of that. Um, and because I was just go, 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 go. And I forgot to take the time to, to put energy into my relationship. So with yourself too. Well, yeah, that's the biggest relationship that we don't focus on. I have a hundred percent. And this is why I said going into this new year, that that was going to be one of my major, um, goals is to, actually put time into myself. And again, we spoke about cutting the umbilical cord to my business because mm. it's hard for me to let go of that. Um, and I think that will give me all my freedom, much more freedom yeah. um, to be able to do that and to be able to relinquish some control. So what does that look like when you say <clears throat> for 2023? Um, when you, cause here, here's the, here's, here's what's real. Let's like thing I say all the time. It's like when, and when a woman who's in her masculine is in a business, we really do have a hard time becoming the owner and not the operator. So, you know, you've heard me talk about, um, really just, it doesn't start with like, a lot of times we'll say, well, I don't have the money to hire, or I don't know what the right people are to hire, or I don't know, or I don't have, and we give it like all these different yeah, excuses on why we can't do the thing. So when you talk about this coming up year for you, what's changing in your mindset where you're like, no, I've had enough because I need to like Debbie and I, we, we do like a Tuesday thing, or we have been where we work on our businesses together and that's new for you. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what's changed for you in the last couple of months where you're finally like, and I've said this about other people that I know, like you have to hit rock bottom really before you make any changes in any area of your life, whether it's your health relationships, your business, parenting, whatever, but to kind of maybe share with everybody what, what's shifted in you? Like what's making you feel like so certain that this year is going to be different than the other five years? I think the major thing for me is just becoming, mm -hmm. I became complacent, stagnant, just stuck where I've been, COVID wasn't a, a huge help for it either, but I, I can't blame COVID for everything as much as I want to. Um, but, um, I think just being in the same spot and feeling, okay, um, you know, I can pay for the roof over my head. My kids are fed, but I want so much more than that. And I want to evolve. And I think just actually realizing that I'm not evolving and I'm just staying in the same place. And it, it kind of, it's a trigger because it made me feel back. It made me feel like back when I was in the job. Mm, yeah. Right. That, Oh my God, like I'm not getting anywhere. Like I'm not, I'm seeing money come in, but I'm not feeling like it's, I'm doing anything. Like it's not, I'm not, I don't have, um, uh, like, I'm not, I'm seeing, I'm still seeing the money come in, but I'm not, it's not anything more right. than what it's been. So I just feel like I'm in the same place as I was even working at a, at a regular job. And, and then that, that kind of has scared me a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, here I am again. I feel robotic. Like, and I just want to keep growing and evolving. And I think that's the biggest thing for me that I kind of, a light bulb went on. Yeah. Aside from you. 
because no, but you've also pushed me. Like I've learned from you and, and just the things you've told, we've talked about and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I am a little biased, but, um, but I think just by our conversations and, and just things that I've had to get out of my head and more like getting it done. And like, we've talked about it. Like I've cough blocked myself for so long. Right. And I'm like, why? And I'm, and it's, it's a fear of the unknown too. And it's a fear of letting go of your business and letting relinquishing control because, oh my God, is somebody else going to fuck it up? And then it might, I lose my business. And then here I am going back to the office job that I hate so much. And yeah, yeah, so it's kind of like a vicious cycle. And, and I, I think I've really come to a point where I've realized like, you gotta, you gotta just bite the bullet and go down that scary path and just face your fears and and what you need to get done. So, yeah. And I think, um, like when it comes to, so thank you for that. Like, thank you for the honesty around that, because I think a lot of times we shy away from seeing what's really going on. And it's like, oh, again, just with like, you know, you start to stock pile all these excuses for why the business isn't doing what what you want it to. And really it's the psychology of the leader. Mm -hmm. And until, and ladies hear me well, like, you can say till the cows come home, I cannot do this. And the more you say, I cannot do this, the more your fucking subconscious will hear it and will give you exactly what you're demanding of it. So I think like it's from a, from a friend perspective, watching your evolution from, um, like chasing your tail to now you coming into this woman who is like, I've actually had enough of this bullshit and I'm actually going to make, you know, like this, her business is easily franchisable. It's for sure. Um, you know, multiple locations, like there's, it doesn't have to be a franchise, but there could be like other offices across Canada, whatever. But it's like, as soon as, and that's the thing, as soon as we make that decision, then there needs to be action. And I think so many times we make decisions and we say, we're going to do things. And then again, like you said, we cock block ourselves and it's not, and I don't, and I don't get it twisted. Like I'm not, you know, I never say <clears throat> like, oh, you're a bad person. You should blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's my favorite thing to talk about is to be curious. Like if you don't have the business that you fucking want, be curious about why that is. That has, it has nothing to do with market share. It has nothing to do with your competition. It has jack shit to do with recessions. None of that. Like anybody I'm going into real estate and many people have said to me already out of the gate, out of the jump, why real estate? We're in a recession. I don't give a shit. What a perfect time for me to learn the ropes of real estate. So giving yourself these bullshit excuses for why you can't do this, it's 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 eventually you're going to have to get honest and look in the mirror and say, you know what? I actually can fucking do this. I'm not here to just sit around and make no money. Like nobody gets into business. Write this one down. Nobody gets into business to be broke. Nobody gets into business to be fucking miserable. Anybody who starts a business is doing it because a, they know they can do better. They want to make more money. They want to have time freedom. So stop lying to yourself about why you started this business and get real about it. You've got a whole calendar year now to crush it. So anytime you start to think, Oh, I don't want to fuck that. Do it. So there's my rant for the day. Um, one of the things that I find the most, the most interesting about Debbie is her, her, she's in like, talk about one of the most coachable people that I know. And like, that's a big deal because 
many people say they're coachable and like, I don't, I love being coached. Like I like, like the other day when we had our conversation in the car, I was like, inner child me was a little bit like, like my feelings were hurt, but coach me was like, this is amazing because to me, that's the sign of true love, like really, truly. And I think people are not coachable. Most business owners are not coachable. You are incredibly coachable. And I think that's why 2023 is going to be for sure your most financially best year. Like, so talk a little bit about, cause I know you've never, and we don't just to be clear, we're friends first like that's the top of the thing, but I do coach her on certain things around business, but maybe talk a little bit about why, like, why do you find that type of coaching or coaching in general impactful? Like, and did you before, had you ever spoken with a coach before that? Is this sort of a new thing for you? Like talk a little bit about what you think about the act of being coached and coaching back. I've never really been coached before, but I I have, I do have some there's something in my, I'm so sorry. I do have some people or some big influences in my life that they have their own business and they're doing very well. And, and I have sat on the phone and, and, and met with them and spoken with them, but it wasn't a coaching per se. It was just them trying to give me some, um, some feedback or some, um, suggestions and just trying to kind of guide me. Um, and I mean, that's great. But you, I wasn't in the mind frame to hear it because I was also going through some stuff and, and aside from my business and stuff, but I wasn't in the mind frame. So I think when, when you came along, I think like, just, and again, we're friends, but like we'd sat and had personal conversations and then just started to, I, I think I opened my mind to it more. Like maybe I felt that I wasn't coachable or, and maybe I felt that I was, I wasn't receptive and I just wasn't going to take, like, I, I listened to you, but I was just like, okay, am I really going to do what she says or whatever? But now I feel like I'm at a point, not only in my business, but in my life that I need that extra push or the extra motivation or leveling up. Leveling up. Yeah. And, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Because oh, as we know, when you're leveling up, it's uncomfortable, right? It's, it's, it's a transition and no one wants to do it. But I think that's my biggest thing that I'm actually absorbing it and taking it in and, um, and realizing I'm, I'm being accountable for myself for lots of things, right? And I think that is kind of opening my mind too. like, holy shit, Deb's like, you really, you, you've just been fine. Like, you know, last a couple summers ago, I was down in backyard tanning when I could have been, I don't know, building my business, but that happened then. And, and here we are. So, I mean, like, and I, and I think in the back of my mind, oh, I'm, I'm, I have a business. I could take the week off and tan in the backyard, but no, you can't like, so I hold myself accountable for that. Like I was just lollygagging and just whatever. Um, and then blaming all the other circumstances around what was going on instead of looking in the mirror and being like, no, you're the one that hasn't really done anything about it. Like you're just fine being complacent and you don't want to be complacent. So I was pointing my fingers at everything else and not being open-minded. And I guess that's, I've had enough. Yeah. Well, and the, I love that because that like, here's, here's the thing about what she just said 
is that is radical fucking honesty. Mm-hmm. And that requires a different person mm-hmm. to be able to say that on a podcast that other people are going to hear where we take the responsibility because is it easier to blame COVID? Is it like, of course, is it easier to blame the people of all all that shit? Mm -hmm. But when we start to, when you have radical honesty like that and you say like, holy shit, this is actually on me. Cause there's a lot of times where I'm like, hold on everybody. Can you get the dog quiet? We'll edit that out. There's a lot of times, even when I was like, you know, when I transitioned out of the content company and there was a certain amount of money left and I thought I was all the whole company. Well, the company's still fucking running, still running without me. There's no fucking didn't burn down. I don't know what, how he did it, but he did it. Like the, the, did I bring value? Of course I brought value, but was it all me? Fuck no. Right. But I'm busy. I'm busy in the ego. We're busy in the ego of other. It's that person. It's this, it's that. And so big, like, I just want to give you a huge, um, like huge props for that, because that ladies, when you have radical honesty with yourself, if you're a businesswoman, even if you're in a career, it is literally never, ever, ever anybody else's fault ever. It is always, there's always something that you can look inwards and say, if nothing else, what did I learn? What lesson did I just learn here? And then that can propel you to another, but anytime we blame everybody else, like what happens, you give control up to everyone. And so like, here we are thinking we have all this control. We're trying to hold on for dear life and we're blaming the outside for shit. That's not going wrong. Whether it's again, health, relationship, business, whatever, that's the ultimate giving away of control. When I say it's not my responsibility or I have no control over fixing it. So I think it's beautiful and brave and fucking amazing that you're able to just with total confidence be like, nope, that was on me because it's not until then. And so when we do that, that's when things shift and it doesn't, it's not an epiphany type moment usually, right? Like it's and jump in anytime, but like, it's those, those little micro moments where you all of a sudden are like, I would have made a different decision a year ago. Yeah. Right. And today I'm not going out or today, like there's times you and I have like on the weekend, our girlfriends were playing Euchre, which I'm, by the way, obsessed with. But her and I on Saturday night, she was working with her team. I was at home doing my project, like doing work for my client. Like those are micro moments that, that a year huge. ago, that was neither one of us yeah. would have done it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about just those changes that you make. Yeah, it's about, about it's about prioritizing too. Like I feel like, again, I just felt like, oh, my business is running. It's good. And I have my clients and like, I'm good with my clients and, but in order again, to evolve or to, to, to get to grow, to grow, you can't just have your clients that you've had, like you got to make changes. And I think again, that right, like right there, I, a year ago, I wouldn't have left my girlfriend's house to have a meeting with one of my, one of my staff or to sit down and, and we, and, and, and to be honest that we had a great meeting it lasted two and a half hours and we were just like getting shit done and planning out our goals for the for for not even for 2023 for the month of january right like we were on it for the month of january because we said we're gonna do it step by step we don't have to plan out the whole 12 months we need to go month by month and we need to figure out what we're gonna do here what we're gonna and then go on to the next month and and so we're not setting the bar too high 
well, I'm not trying to set the bar too high. I just, as much as I want to grow, I don't, I think if I tried to do it too quickly, it's just going to be a combustion of like, yeah. So it's just like, so again, yeah, I think because I'm now prior and this is what bothers me. I was going to say something, but this is what bothers me is the fact that when I first started this business, I was like, yeah, attack mode. Like I'm going to get this done, this done, this done, this done, this done. And this happens with everything. Once you're in it, Mm -hmm. you become comfortable. You're you're keeping your head above water or like even in a relationship, you become comfortable and you don't have to go on dates anymore or like just anything. Right. So I became comfortable. Right. And I was good with just what I was with, like what I had. And, and now I'm like, again, I'm seeing the light and I'm like, yeah, okay, well, you're going to be 60 and still scrubbing toilets like at this point. Right. And my bones don't work like that anymore. Right. (laughs) So I think by just prioritizing my business, it's been a huge, like, and that, and that's what I said to myself before the new year hit. Like I need, as much as I prioritize my kids, my, and I need to prioritize my business. Also, I have to prioritize my, prioritize myself. And in order to, to prioritize myself, I have to get the business good so that I can have the, the free time, right. For myself. So it's like a, it's like a chain reaction. And I've realized this because as you know, like last year, I was just so incredibly busy. I didn't have no time for myself and I was burning it out on both ends. And, and that will just affect my children. That will affect my health. That will affect everything around me. And it's not happening this year. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who's like 25? No, she cannot work for other people. She's struggling to accept that she's an entrepreneur. What would you say to somebody younger who's looking to start something? Don't just go for it. Don't be afraid. And, um, yeah, just do what is in your heart. Like at the end of the day, like if you know that you're not good, you're not office material or desk material, or if you just are out, like you just need to be out there and you know it because you feel it. And sometimes there's probably lots of people that are out there desk. Like I, I should not be like, I need to be out there, but are scared to make the move. Like you said, it's a huge, it's a huge move. But I mean, I'm not telling everybody to quit their jobs. You got to support your family or support yourself. But the same token, if there's something that you feel that you want to do, the worst that can happen is you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, you fail at it, but I mean, it's an experience and it's a learning lesson. And then if you fail at that, maybe you could try something else. I, that's, and that was my biggest fear too. Like, I'm like, shit, like what happens if I, if I don't like get any clients or whatever, but if you don't get any clients, you're in the same place as you were before you started. So you're really not, it's not a, when it's not a lose, lose situation here. Like you're uh, trying something new. I so did you die? <laughs> no, but did you die? Said, no. You went on live. Was it, but did you die? I'm like, no, yeah. it wasn't that hard. Yeah. I think, I think that my biggest, I think in a lot of people is, is the, the, the feeling, the feeling of failure. Yeah. The fear of failure. The fear of failure, success, that too. And I think that's right. I think that's a part of my equation there too, is just like, who am I if I'm not struggling? Yeah. Or who am I if I'm not, you know, working 14 hours a day and coming home and dealing with my kids at the end of the work shift? Like, and and I know people do that on a regular day-to-day basis. It's very sad. It's very like, that's just crazy. But 
I don't want to do that. And that's what I'm striving to not do. Um, but yeah, for someone who's 25 and 20, I wish I did this at 25 years old. Like, I wish I, I had that in my head. I definitely had that in my head, but to actually go through with it. No, I was too scared. And I felt like the norm, the norm was to work in an office and, and, and get benefits. And, and you're, you know, when you're done your 50 years of working, you get your pension and then you die. Like I, but cause I was raised like that. Right. Yeah. My dad was very hardworking. My mom was very hardworking, like, and, and they were at their, their careers. And it's really, it's, and when I think about that, it's just, sort of, that's the, the robotic stuff for me that I just is, it did not sit well with me <laughs> when I was younger. So yeah, if you're 25, I would say just go for dream big and, and, and then go for it. Don't, and you don't have to set your goals through the roof, like just little goals and, and hit them. That's that was my problem. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so what's next for you? What's next for picture perfect meetings? For the, even I know you're not systematically going through the month, but what does 2023 look like for you? I I'm I'm and you look emotional when you're thinking about it, by the way. So good. we'll come back in a year and I'll be like, yes, yeah, so I'm going for a bora bora next week. Yeah. Um 2023. I and I have it, I've had, I told you this too. Like I just feel like it's just a, my year of something. Um, and I just feel like I'm cutting the umbilical cord. That's a huge thing. <laughs> um, and I'm letting go, which is hopefully I'm spreading my wings. Thanks. Thanks, Kara. Sorry. We have, there's always tears on this. I know I'm spreading my wings and, um, which meaning like I'm, I'm going to be hiring more staff and, um, just relinquishing my control and, and, and just giving it to God that everything's going to, everything's going to be good without me being there on a regular mm -hmm. basis. And then just giving me my freedom, more freedom to be with my kids, my friends, my family to enjoy life, travel. And yeah, I feel like, you know, I've worked very hard. I'm only 45, but I've been working since I was 14 years old and not a day less. And I feel like, and I know people have been working till they're like 60. Um, but I don't, I don't want to do that because I want to retire young and I want to enjoy my older years with when my children get older, let's go away on vacation. Like I, I want to do things different than the way that I had it when I was a kid. Well, I didn't really get to do that with my mom, but I mean, with my dad and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, so where can people find you? They want to, so we're in, we're in Ajax. Well, you tell them where, where, where you're at and where they can find you. I'm located in Ajax. However, I'm, I service out of all of G, GTA, um, everywhere actually. Um, but I have a, uh, Instagram page, picture perfect cleaning services. I have a Facebook page, picture perfect cleaning services in the in the sixth, I don't even remember. See, and that is very bad. Like, this is what I mean. Like, I need to get my shit together when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, my two pages, and we're, we're building, we're building a website right now, thanks to Karen McCarran over here. Um, and just word of mouth, ask about me. People know her. <laughs> ask about picture perfect cleaning services. <laughs> awesome.
All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening to that really bizarre choppy podcast. Um, kids, dogs, life, right? It happens. But I just I want you to go away with just remember like anytime you want to start something, it's never gonna be perfect. It's never gonna go the way you think it's gonna go. Um, but the worst, if, and when Debbie was talking about complacency, like the biggest thing, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that's true for every organism on planet earth and mostly true for your business. If your business is not growing, it's dying. If people, if we don't have a compelling future and Tony talks about this all the time, right? Like if you don't have a compelling future, that's why people get depressed. That's why people get, you know, stagnation in their lives. If there's nothing compelling ahead, there's nothing to be excited about ahead you just give up and you do nothing. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, you have a compelling business future right now, which will bleed into all these other things. And that's what will push people forward. So if you want some type of homework to come out of this podcast with, sit down and think about what am I going to do, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your career, whether it's your relationship, whatever that is, think about what does the next 12 months look like? It doesn't have to be super detailed, but just have some idea, something that can get you excited about the next thing that you need to do. Um, and of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple or Google play. I always appreciate it. I love you guys. And thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.